0: Hey guys, welcome to In My 20s Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, James Thompson, I'm here with co-host Paul Chavez. What's up? And we are so excited to share another episode where we're going to talk about a really important topic um, on change. And I'm going to turn the time over to Paul. Paul's going to share some thoughts. We're going to share some, some stories. And uh, we'll just keep it really simple today.
1: Hey, what's going on guys? So, a few thoughts I had today that I wanted to share. Um, When it comes down to it with change and with just making adjustments in life, um, a lot of people, they they see these like famous, successful, you know, celebrities or musicians or, you know, comedians or, you know, people in business, people in sports, whatever it is. And they wonder, you know, like, how did they get to where they're at? They almost put them up on this pedestal like, wow, they're so incredible. They're so amazing. Um, the thing about any any person like that who's well-known, who's famous for something, and who's been, especially who's been in the limelight for a good period of time, they, those people generally, the general rule of thumb, they've consistently devoted themselves to a certain standard um, and in developing themselves in creating something consistently, right? Putting in daily effort. Um, that's something I hear from a lot of very successful people is a daily kind of grind. Eric Thomas talks about this. He talks about the idea of rise and grind. When you're working at being something, when you're working at doing something, you rise and grind. He uses the example of a lion oftentimes, right? A lion as a cub doesn't really know what to hunt. They don't really know who they are, or what they're doing, but they see their mother. Right, They see their, their leader, their teacher, and they see what they're doing, and they instinctively follow their example, and they learn how to hunt. And they, when they wake up, they're, they're ready for the hunt, and they go after it, and they make it happen. And so what I was thinking about was, you know, when I was a kid, um, you know, I was, um, you know, in my teens, early teens, I was just a goofball. I was the, the probably the biggest goofball, just super hyper, ADD, ADHD, and I just remember how much of a goober I was. Um, I remember walking to school, consciously thinking about well, how am I going to wreck havoc in class today. Um, I had this one; it was a seventh or eighth grade English teacher who I'd go into class with the intention of disrupting the classroom. I was a little troublemaker. And I just I fed off of making the class laugh. if I could make the class laugh and like disrupt the teacher, and if I could even make the teacher yell at me, I had had like I had accomplished a victory for that day. Um, and I've changed a lot since then you know i'm I'm almost like a totally different person than I was at that age. Um, <clears throat> and it wasn't overnight, it wasn't instantaneous i I attribute a lot of of who I am now to a lot of the things I've listened to, a lot of the podcasts, a lot of the stories, a lot of the books, um, some of the shows I've watched, and a lot of the people I've spent time with, um, and it's also a lot of the books I've read. Um, one of, I would say one of the most impactful, if not the most impactful book, aside from religious books, the scriptures, for me have been um, books on history. Um, biographies of people and autobiographies. One in particular is called "Team of Rivals." It's by Doris Kearns Goodwin, and it tells a story of Abraham Lincoln. Um, Abraham Lincoln, when he was a young man, you know, he believe it or not, he he grew up in Kentucky. A lot of people think he's from Illinois, Illinois native. No, he was a he was a Kentucky native, born and raised in Kentucky, in the in the woods, in the backwoods of Kentucky. Um, grew up uneducated. Um, really unlearned, didn't really know how to read all that well as a, as a super young boy, but he learned how to read the Bible. I believe his stepmom taught him how to read the Bible and, um, but he, he would work, you know, backwoods kind of jobs. He's a rail splitter, you know, he'd put railroad, lay a railroad, um, you know, and he was super strong. He was always doing manual labor growing up and he was self-taught. He was a self-taught lawyer. He never went to law school, but he taught himself the law. And he developed himself um, and he eventually ran for state representative and house representative for the state. Um, And he grew and he became this incredible man. One of his best traits, believe it or not, was he was an amazing storyteller. So captivating. Uh, He'd tell these stories and these parables and and, uh, he would teach people. And he had this way of gathering people around. So come to 1860, right? This backwoods lawyer, country lawyer, sort of a a hick, quote-unquote, you might call him, uh, as we know people today, Um, he was not respected by his presidential cabinet. So he went into this office, right, with these these people um, who ran against him for president in 1860, and he brought them into his presidential cabinet, Salmon Chase, you know, uh, Edward Bates, Uh, Henry Seward These guys all ran against him Henry Seward was the top dog He was the favorite to win Abraham Lincoln was the underdog He was the least favored person to win the presidency Um, And he won so going into presidency, they looked down on him. They thought he like, who is this unkempt individual? His clothes were wrinkled. He didn't know how to dress. You know, his his uh, pant pant line was like a lot of the time way too high, like much higher than his than where his shoes were at. Um, it just sort of disheveled, and there was this lack of respect for a good while, for I don't know months, maybe even the first couple of years of his presidency, and. When he was shot, when he was murdered, assassinated by John Wilkes Booth, um, this book talks about how his those in his cabinet wept when he was when he was shot. They wept when they realized he was going to be killed because they had developed this profound, not just respect, not just adoration, they had developed this love and compassion for this man who had been very pensive. Um, thoughtful, uh, and um, he had been just a courageous, uh, humble leader through this terrible civil war that had just rocked the nation. Um, he was a man fit for the time as president during that time, and so not that not that the man Abraham Lincoln changed over those years, but he did. He definitely aged, and he went through a lot, but the perception of Abraham Lincoln by those close to him changed. And they developed a love and an adoration and admiration for him because of who he was and what he did. Um, So something that just wanted to share with you guys, something that came across my mind. I think James had a a thought too as well.
0: Yeah, so, you know, when we're talking about change, it can be something that could happen immediately. A uh, good example as well, historical example, is Benjamin Franklin. If any of you know his story, uh, he was kind of a rotten person. Uh, people would avoid him at all costs, cross the street, and it wasn't until one of his um, friends told him what was going on. He's like, well, I think I need a change. And so he listed all these resolutions that he was going to uh, start implementing, um, things that he wanted to change about himself. So, you know, the whole point of that is that change can happen instantly. It can also take time. And so the most important thing is just be patient. So, Paul, I want to ask you, like, what for you was the biggest change during your 20s?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Um,
0: <clears throat> if you had to sum it up in one word, what was it?
1: Ooh, In one word. Um, let me give you one word and then I'll give you a little breakdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to sort of help define that, I would say that's I. It, there's a the words that come to me. To, I'll give you two words. How about that? Um, faith and courage. Hmm. Um, faith, because in my early twenties, especially, I took a lot of time really building and developing my faith in God, and uh, especially my late teens, really coming to know who God was, and if God was real. Um, if Is God really there? Um, and also developing my faith in Christ. Is Christ real? Is he a real person? Is he truly my savior? Mm. So really developing my faith. Courage um, in the sense that, you know, I, I began doing things that I knew I needed to do and I knew it would help develop me as a person. Uh, you know, having the courage to study, to develop myself, having the courage to do certain jobs that I knew would be hard, but I knew would help me to grow and would help me to be successful doing things like door-to-door sales, which is tough. It You have to, it takes courage almost on every single door that you go up into. Um, and in my late 20s, having the courage to follow some counsel of a mentor, he's a bishop of mine, Troy Dial, uh, to go back to school. Um, I also received that encouragement from my mom and from a friend of mine, Rich, um, Rich Ashton, to go back to school. And that took courage. Uh, Not that I was like super successful and doing really well with where I was at, but I was in the restaurant industry. I was working full time. You know, I was doing some sales on the side. Things were like, things were comfortable. I could have stayed where I was and been just fine. But it took courage and it took some faith to move out of that situation and to listen to my heart. My heart was telling me I need to go back to UVU. I need to study education. I need to study history, and I need to become a teacher. And I and I felt that would that would help me to make the biggest impact in the world. I I'm all about making an impact. I'm all about mm-hmm. helping those around me, and I especially yeah. want to make an impact in the lives of youth.
0: Awesome. So for those of you that are listening, you're probably going to be a different you know, stages of your life. Some of you might be in your early twenties, some of you guys might be in your mid twenties, your late twenties. I want you to think about what just Paul said and and think about, you know, what kind of change do you want to have in your life? Really? And and maybe think about one word and how you're gonna start making those changes. Um so, yeah, did you have a, a thought or
1: yeah, one last thought with that. There's honestly, there's so many different things you can do to really make a change. I could list off 20 things you could work on. Something and a lot of things, it's uh, you know, uh, I love Gary Vaynerchuk. He talks about let me just get metacognitive really quick. Mm. Uh, You know, writing in my journal. I could, I mean, things I could do. I could write in my journal more often, I could focus more on meditation Um, because change doesn't have to be long lasting. It doesn't have to, like, when you do something with your day, when you do something, with your week, with your month, it doesn't have to be something that that impacts you for the rest of your, you know what I mean, for the rest of the week or for the rest of the month. Um, as long as it's something that, that helps to change your state for a period, like meditation, doing meditation once isn't going to change, like once in one day, isn't going to change how you're feeling a week from then, most likely, unless you're like an amazing amazing at meditation Mm. but it will change your state for that day especially for that Mm -hmm. hour it will help you be more focused it'll help you be more calm it'll help you to have processed your emotions more efficiently right Mm -hmm. um so there's things we can do on the daily that will help us with you know just living a better life meditating journaling sleeping how we eat you know and and those are daily decisions that over time develop our habits right um and then there's that, that change that comes deep, deep within deciding on what kind of human are we going to be? What kind of person? How am I going to show up today? What decision am I going to make this morning that's going to help me to show up mm-hmm. for the rest of the day? And it's really developing into that character, into that person that we're meant to become, right? And this, so there's a song that comes to me, uh, Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Really, and Tony Robbins talks about this all the time. He says, "If you want to change your relationship, change you first, because mm-hmm. going from one relationship to the next, if you don't change you first, then you're just going to carry that baggage you're going to carry that difficulty you're going to carry that struggle that you had in that one relationship right onto the next so it's important to self assess mm-hmm. to realize first, I am enough, I am of worth, I am worthy to love yourself, right, and building on that foundation of loving myself I love myself right I look in the mirror and I see someone I see someone who's successful someone who's strong someone who's powerful someone who is enough but also recognizing there's some adjustments I can make you know there's certain things I can do a little bit better certain things I can do a little different and that's okay but it all starts with the man in the mirror so Mm
0: -hmm. I love that this is a great note to end on uh this is hopefully this has been helpful to you I mean You know, this is probably the most important uh, lesson you can learn right now in your life uh, because it's going to impact the rest of your life. So think about that throughout throughout the next few days. For those of you that are listening, we appreciate you. We love you. And hope you have a great week. Take care, guys.
1: Much love, my friends.